You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? We're coming in again, What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Eggert on the other line. Eggert, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all this week, man. Super Bowl week is upon us. The game is this weekend. I know we had this trash little Pro Bowl thing, whatever they was trying to do, uh, that went on this um, past week. But the real week is here. And it felt like it dragged this week, too. Like, this is like the slowest Super Bowl week that I the can thing, The thing about this week Honestly, these two weeks honestly have flown by because there's been so much NBA stuff with the trade deadline coming up with Brian yeah, situation of. happening that I honestly haven't even been thinking about the Super Bowl like that. I'm just like thinking like, oh, damn, the Super Bowl is on Sunday. I'm in that type of mode more so than like I can't wait for the Super Bowl to get here. Like, I've, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm not necessarily like waiting for the Super Bowl. Like, oh, my gosh. But the fact that like you just said it's like oh damn the super bowl is this weekend like when was the last time you really said oh damn the super bowl is this weekend? but that's what i'm saying like i think it's other things that's tying into that shit too mm, though and i think it's more true. so nba related with the bronze situation and with the nba trade deadline and we're gonna get into all of that news later in this episode but i think all of that mm-hmm. adds into it and uh if this mm. is your first time listening to the q e podcast we do have five segments we have our sports segment to our Wednesday. Social media wants to know entertainment and current events and past the ox. So definitely stick with us throughout this whole episode. First thing we're going to talk about, though, and oh, before we dive into it, for all of your sports betting needs, definitely go to BovadaSportsBook.com. First thing we're talking about today is LeBron breaks the NBA scoring record. So if you guys did not watch the game last night against the Thunder, that felt like the only thing to watch last night. That was the must-see TV situation. Like, you had to the be there. Thing. Like, that was history that you were watching, kid. Like, that's some things that you were, like, 30 years from now, you get to tell your kids and tell your grandkids. So, that was something that you wanted to be there, be able to watch. So, it was dope to see that. But LeBron ended up breaking the NBA scoring record for uh, career points. He ended up breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. I think it was 38,388 points. He just ended up breaking that last night. So, mm-hmm. Ego, what was your reaction from it and your biggest takeaway from LeBron's great career and just the the game overall my biggest takeaway was uh like like you said before we were witnessing history and I think that was my biggest takeaway from it like we got to see a historic moment not just for the NBA but just in sports period there aren't many moments like that of I think when I think of like historic sports moments I think of Usain Bolt like back in 2016 when he uh when he set the world record and you know that was like his third time in a row winning for Jamaica like i think that was one of the biggest historic moments um in all of sports uh Serena Williams she's had a couple of historic moments and then what Braun just did that's another one i'm pretty sure i can come up with other moments in my head but right now Braun is up there when it comes to historic moments over the last that Michael 15 Phelps years. moment, Michael Phelps had his little run too, where it was like when he ended yeah, up winning that, breaking that sure. swimming record, he definitely had his own little moment. Yeah, too, my, so. that's why I said like we can. I'm sure we can mm-hmm. list more, but just off the top of my head, people like Usain Bolt, Serena, and now LeBron, who has had a very historic moment of something I don't think will ever happen again. I know people said that when it came to Kareem when he broke it, but I think again, bro, like it's. I have to say, this isn't going to get broken, bro, because 
he's going to have to – LeBron is going to play another, what, two, three years? At least two years at, at a least. high level. And then anything else, he's just in the league still at that point, just still racking up points. So we're talking about at minimum 40,000 points when it's all said and done. And I don't know if it does happen, if anybody does come to break the record, we're going to be like 60 or whatever I, by the time it I happens. think we're going to we're gonna be dead by the time somebody breaks this record, mm, bro. I think that's because, how long, especially with the load management and everything that's happening yeah, today. I was just going to say. Like, it's it's too much. Nobody's going to have that longevity like Bron, bro, or games they, They've already been talking about, Um, I, I don't think it'll happen. Not And if it does, not that quickly. But they've already been talking about shortening the NBA season. So it already took Braun 20 years <laughs> and 82 games a season to get the record. And now what if we shorten the season by 10 to 15 games? It's literally going to be impossible to break the record. Like, unless you go on some unheard of, like, scoring spree for 10 years in a row, which I doubt will happen. But I, my, my biggest takeaway, bro, like I said, it was historic. I'm glad they did the most. And I know people was on social media like, wow, they're really stopping the game. They got a whole movie set up and all. I'm glad they did that, bro, because we're not going to see this again. It's been, what, 39 years since Kareem set the record? So what? Like, we were just supposed to treat it like a, oh, okay, you got it moment. Like, no. And this was the only reason we were watching, too, bro. We weren't watching yeah. for any reason other than we watching. watching yeah, so we have to stop it and actually acknowledge what yeah. he just did, bro. So I I'm love glad they let him do the speech. I'm glad they had, like, three or four commercials set up already. Like, I'm glad Kareem, him and Kareem got to, you know, be cordial in the middle of the court and all that. I'm glad Kareem, like, gave him the ball and basically passed the torch. I'm glad they did the most. I'm glad Braun soaked it in. And I, I hate the fact that he couldn't cap it off, like not just him, but the team as a whole couldn't cap it off with a win. But we know the real reason everybody was watching, like you said. Yeah. And I think that was my biggest takeaway last night, that, that they ruined Braun's night by not winning the game. But it was yeah. such a big moment that as a teammate, how can you really – play alongside him because you want to feed him the ball as much as possible because you know this is the game that he's going to break it. And I was somebody who didn't think he was going to break it last night. I texted Edgar yesterday. I was like, I think he going to drop 30, but I thought he was going to save it for Giannis. He plays Giannis uh, on Thursday and uh, at in LA. I was like, that's the game he's going to break it. You play against the the number one player in the, uh, in the NBA right now, that's the game. He wants to show. It's just like Jordan. Jordan wants to play mind games with you to show you, like, nigga, I'm still that guy. Like, I'm still mm. tell you, we just had that MJ day last week because Jordan want to play those mind games. Like, nigga, I'm still the GOAT, even though you're going to break this little <laughs> record or whatever, nigga. I'm still the GOAT. I feel like Brian, I thought Brian was going to have that same type of mindset when it came to Giannis, but he ended up breaking it. It was so many stars in attendance, two Jay-Z, Denzel. It's like he had to break it yeah. yesterday. Like, he, he could have really... Came, he came with his whole family. His mom was there, Savannah, and all the kids were there. His old high school starting five was there. Like, you know, Maverick Carter, Rich Paul, the rest of his, like, management team, they were all in attendance. So when I seen – before I even seen Jay-Z and all that, I was like, oh, he brought the whole family? He getting this shit tonight, bro. Like, there's mm -hmm. no way he bringing the whole family to the game. His mama sitting front seat courtside, and he don't break this record tonight. It was happening tonight. So that, yeah. that was my mindset. And then, like you said, seeing Mayweather, Denzel, Jay-Z – like everybody else, Shea Sharp, of course, who beat us. So it, it was it was just time, bro. Like, because I feel like getting 30 out of 36 points, that would have been too close. And the my last point that I want to make, 
we Quincy just said he thinks he's the GOAT. I think he's the GOAT. Even if you don't think LeBron is the GOAT, you can't say the man not top three all time. You just can't. Top two. I, I hate I'll that deal, top shit. No, no, I deal with people saying Kobe and I deal with people saying no, Jordan. Bro. No, Anybody no, else, no. I, I don't want to hear it. Those are the only two players that it's I only will not one person. argue about. It's only one person only in the players. conversation with LeBron and this MJ, bro. I understand Kobe. I love Kobe and what he did for the game, but nah, bro. It's it's LeBron. No, I, I it's don't. LeBron. I don't it's have LeBron them and Jordan. Them. I think yeah, it's yeah, a tier. Yeah, I got Bron and Jordan. I'm just saying I wouldn't argue people who got Kobe because it's like no. I understand the argument, but I I don't have him below Kobe. I ha- I have him number one in Jordan too, but yeah. I understand the exchange if people want to say Kobe. Because if we were doing tiers of NBA, we always talk about ranking the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. It would be one, two. Jordan, that's clear. Jordan and Bron, clear tier one. I think that's when you get Kobe in like that tier two or whatever. With like Tim Duncan, Shaq, that's where you see Kobe. But oh, I yeah, think yeah. every time I hear that LeBron is at least top three, it's like no, he's at least top two. Like let's stop disrespecting him. He was definitely better than Kobe over his career, even though he has less championships. Like nah, he's definitely the better player than Kobe. He is. Bro. So definitely salute. And moving on to some big trade news that happened in the NBA this week. We had the Kyrie Irving getting traded to the Mavs. Obviously, last weekend, if you guys did not know, Kyrie requested a trade because it was a a whole lot of drama in the Brooklyn Nets uh, front office. They offered him a contract for, I think, four years, and there was a whole lot of stipulations in there in terms of Mm -hmm. games played. They talked about him. If they won a championship, he got certain incentives, or it would be like a lot of partial guarantees in his contract. And Kyrie obviously felt disrespected by that. Because obviously he had his situation in the beginning of the season, but him and the Nets have been meshing so well over the past couple of months that he thought that they were on the same page. So to get slapped in the face with all of those stipulations, he felt like he was disrespected, so he requested a trade. He got uh, traded to the Mavs. I think the Lakers were an option for him. The Lakers were interested. The Pelicans, I heard, were interested. Which was mm-hmm. interested. Um, the Heat we were kind of the Heat were kind of interested, but not but not really. I don't know if the important people said the Heat, but we said <laughs> I, I, I wanted him on the Heat, which is why I'm, I'm upset right now. But, yeah, it was a, a couple other teams, but, but he ended up going to the Mavs for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dory, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and they both got traded to the Nets. This is a huge deal because so many people year after year cry for Luka to get more help. And you get one of the best players in the league, most consistent buckets in the league in Kyrie Irving to play alongside Luka. That's a crazy-ass duo, one of the best duos in the league, one of the best duos we've ever seen. So what what, what do we go from here? Like, where is the ceiling for this team? That I'm worried about. I understand on paper it may look like one of the best duos we've ever seen, but I don't know, bro. Like, their usage rate, Luka and Kyrie, is extremely high. Kyrie's less than Luka's, but I'm interested to see how it's going to work when they're both on the floor together. It's Wednesday night um, that we're recording this, so I think they're playing tonight. Kyrie's playing alone. Luka is out for this game. So we're going to see Kyrie do whatever Kyrie does, but I'm interested to see when they're both on the floor. Is Luka going to take the step back and say, okay, I'll let Kyrie play the point, and I'll get open and get my shots and work, um, work the wing however I can? Or is Luka going to play the point and let Kyrie be the, you know, um, the shooting guard 
in this instance. So I'm interested to see who's going to be willing to take the back seat. They can't both have the ball in their hands majority of the game because the other three players on offense are just going to be standing there taking up space at that point. So that's what I'm worried about. On paper, Mm -hmm. it looks great, but I'm waiting to see what it's going to look like. I think this was the perfect type of player to put alongside Luka. I really do. We've seen time after time that Kyrie is cool with playing the number two. He's cool with playing it with KD. He's cool with playing it with Bron. Obviously, he wanted to leave Bron that first time because he wanted to be a number one. But we see that, obviously, he was humbled over the years, and he's cool with playing the number two. And we've seen over the years with Dallas that Jalen Brunson was one of the best sidekicks to Luka over the years. They let him walk. And you basically get a better Jalen Brunson and Kyrie Irving. A better bucket. And we see where Dallas got to last year to the Western Conference Finals with Brunson. So you get an upgraded level at that position with Kyrie Irving, consistent bucket, who's who would plan the number two. Luca, you can still do your thing. I'm still a good uh, catch and shoot shooter as well. I don't really see a downside to this trade. Do they get to a finals? I, I don't really know. I think it's more so a Western Conference Finals thing with them. I think they, I still would like to see them get a, a more so dominant center, even though they have Christian Wood, who was a good big man in this league. I think they need more so of a dominant center to me for me to be worried about Dallas in the West, but still, I think they are a threat just like they were a threat last year. So if you're a Phoenix, if you're in the Clippers, I think Dallas is a better team. And I think Dallas will beat you in a, a seven game series with Luca and Kyrie. And we see that he's one of the most clutch players in the league too. So if Luca right. is getting double teamed, he can't get the ball. Kyrie is cool with taking that last clutch shot and making those clutch shots as well. So this was the perfect number two to put with Luca. I didn't think it was going to go down, but damn, since they got him, and you think about everything that Luca's already played with in the past, how Kyrie had, who Kyrie has played with, this is exactly the pairing that you would want alongside Luca. Well, we have to hope it works because if it doesn't and Kyrie doesn't want to re-sign with Dallas That's the problem. at the end of the yeah. season. That, that's what we have to worry about, bro, because if you're Dallas, you've already given up important pieces and I believe draft picks to, mm-hmm. you know, secure your future in case this um in case this season didn't go how you planned. Now you really have to push your chips into the middle of the table and say, okay, if we don't at least make the Western Conference Finals, we're in trouble because there's no guarantee that Kyrie is going to come and sign um sign back with us during the offseason so that's that, the, that again bro that's what i'm saying on paper this is nice but the slightest indication that this shit will not work denver i mean dallas got to be worried at that point bro and that's what i was surprised about i was surprised we haven't heard about any contract extension it doesn't have to be a four-year extension i know that's what Kyrie wants he wants a four-year extension mm-hmm. to obviously get that major security but I would at least sign Kyrie to a two-year, $80 million deal, something along those lines, just to know that he's not going to leave in free agency after I gave up Spitz, after I gave up picks, after I gave up one of my best wing defenders in Dorian Finney-Smith. I want to know I have some security with uh, Kyrie Irving. So the fact that he's not signed yet and we just have to literally wait and see and he's basically a rental right now is the only problem I have with the Mavericks. I would have secured him as soon as I would have made this trade because I know it's going to work. Because I've seen somebody like Brunson work with Luca, and I know that Kyrie is a better version of Brunson. Well, even and people talk about three. I was signing the three. Two well, years and I the just third year is an option. I would exactly. do three years with Kyrie. I, however you want to do it, I would just lock Kyrie down so he's not a rental. Because you gave up too much for him to be a rental, bro. Right. You gave up good players in Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith 
to be a rental like that's a that's a no-no <laughs> like you gotta lock Kyrie down so whether that happens right this week or next week it has to happen before the end of the season you have to believe that this is going to work you have to believe that and I think it is mm-hmm. you just have to uh piece everything around them in terms of trading some more pieces in terms of getting more wing defenders but that duo is going to be fine that's an elite duo you just have to work everything around so I think you have to sign them. that's the one thing that they can have to do but I think it's going to be good we just have to see what they build around it. and moving on we just got some breaking news that help is on the way for LA they ended up trading for D'Angelo Russell Jared Vanderbilt Malik Beasley in a three-team trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Utah Jazz which sent Mike Conley to the Timberwolves and sent Westbrook to the Jazz Westbrook is supposed to be bought out because obviously they he doesn't fit with the Jazz's timeline and right. he's he could sign with anybody after he's bought out but the big obviously the big thing is the trade for the Lakers because they got a huge haul for basically Russ and a first round pick so how do we feel about this uh D'Angelo Russell coming back to the crib we're coming back to LA how, how long has been <laughs> I'm about to say how long has been since he's been gone from LA what six years 2017 five years wait wait no yeah six no. years at this point it's 2023 was it tw- he came into the league 2015 so yeah it might have been six five or yeah, six six, yeah, five six, or six. six mm-hmm. years damn so mm-hmm. and he's he's obviously a much better player than what he was at that time um so I think the Lakers got a huge boost with that they already got Rui Hachimura who we see can knock down clutch shots you know in um big deficits for the Lakers uh I think Russ D Russ of um be um a pretty good fit for them in the starting lineup you know to help um Braun with starting the game off and you know picking up the slack when he hits the bench so I, I like the move and I I think Jared um uh, Vanderbilt I I think all three pieces will do well but I'm especially I'm especially excited for D'Angelo Russell so I'm more excited about the wing pieces that they ended up getting I'm more excited about the Jared Vanderbilt pickup obviously getting rid of Russ is a huge thing for them I think D'Angelo Russell has has been playing one of his best seasons of his career this year which has it has me pretty confused on why the Timberwolves would trade him I think they didn't want to pay him in this offseason that's why they ended up getting rid of him but he's been having a hell of a season can knock down the catch and shoot obviously he's one of the best when it comes to pick and roll he's somebody who fits with this Lakers timeline and fits alongside LeBron James but Jarrett Vanderbilt the defense that he could provide he's an elite uh defender when it comes to the defense right. side of the ball Malik Beasley not really defense but in terms of knocking shots down I know somebody like Buddy Hill was somebody on the 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 Lakers radar earlier in the season but Malik Beasley how he's shooting this year I want to say he's shooting like 38 percent from the three that's basically Buddy Hill type of percentages so you're getting a knockdown mm-hmm. three-point shooter you're getting an elite defender and you're getting a, a former all-star point guard for Westbrook in a first round pick I I can't the Lakers fleeced everybody in this trade bro like I don't know how they pulled this shit off shout hey, out Rob to Rob Palenka did I'm about to say that saying. man did the same just because I know they wanted yeah. Kyrie I know LeBron was devastated by that shit that nigga LeBron tweeted out maybe it's me last week that nigga was in his feelings <laughs> last week but to get this for Westbrook in a pick is crazy bro so salute to Rob Palenka this is this is a team where you can make that push in the Western Conference to get up in that playoff or play in situation because currently they're 13th but we always talk about it how it's so it's such a log jam in the Western Conference a five game winning streak obviously can have you in a totally different position than what you're in right now and with the pieces that they have I think they can easily just slot right in it's not a lot of 
a time. It doesn't need a lot of time to like really mesh. Like these pieces mm-hmm. just fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis and what they already have. So this is and, a hell of a, a haul for the Lakers. And hopefully we're adding these new pieces. The floor can be spread out a lot better to where Anthony Davis, of course, you want him in the paint being that big defensive presence, but he's not in the paint so much offensively to where you have to worry about his knees, his legs, his ankles when it comes to injury. I think the pick and rolls and the spread offense that they can have um, uh, for each possession, I think that'll help him stay healthy for the remainder of the season. Because I think that's going to be the biggest thing. If AD is healthy, the Lakers can click quickly jump from 13th to like six or seven easily. So I, I think it'll work as long as he stay healthy. And let's be real with what's going down in the Western Conference, bro, because currently we have the Nuggets at one playing some good-ass basketball. I wanted to say this too. Jamal Murray is back. Like, he he's yep. back, and nobody is talking about it, which annoys the fuck out of me. He's back. I mean, back to bubble form where he was dropping yep. 40 every night in those bubble playoffs. With the George Floyd shoes. Yeah, that, like, that, that. he's back. He's back to that form. And that's what I said earlier in the season. For me to be scared of the Nuggets, Jamal Murray has to be back to that elite form. He is back to it. <laughs> so y'all should watch closely to the Nuggets. Obviously, they have Jokic. But if you think about everybody else in the Western Conference, you got the nut, you got the uh, you got the Grizzlies, you got the Kings. I think the Clippers are at fourth. You got the Mavericks. You got the uh, the Timberwolves. I think are top six right now. When you think about these lower seeds, a lot of these lower seeds can knock off these top seeds, bro, because these top seeds are more so young teams, haven't been there before. The Grizz have been there before, but people still question if they can really not compete with the top teams, especially when you have Golden State sitting at eighth right now. You have the the Lakers currently at 12th and could potentially be a low playoff team. Like, you have to be worried if you're one of these higher young teams, if you're in the Western Conference, and like, damn they can really knock us off come playoff time like that's a real thing that can happen this year i can see a couple of those matchups going in the favor of those lower seeds against those high young seeds yeah they got the rest of february and all of march so i wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a lot of shifting going on with the um seeds in the western conference with the east it's kind of clear as day who going and who not <laughs> but with the west we we truly will not know i think until like mid-march i think that's when we'll get a real solid idea of who's going to be the top five to six teams that are really going to stay put because currently just going back to that dallas conversation dallas is currently a plus 1500 to get to the nba finals and the mm. lakers are currently a plus 3900 to get to the nba finals but like I said, with everything in, in motion right now, trade deadline coming up tomorrow, which is Thursday, so much can still happen. And for these, these lower teams to obviously get better to compete with these higher young teams, I think we're going to get like a low seed to the finals type of thing. I think we're going to get one of those matchups. I, the only team that I'm currently confident in is the Nuggets. Other than that, it can go either way for me, bro. It, it really can. Yep. So seeing that the Mavericks are plus 1,500 on Bavada, Seeing that uh, the Lakers are plus 3,900 to get to the finals on Bavada. The Warriors are plus 1,300 to get to the finals on Bavada. These teams have real chances to get, still get to the NBA finals, even though they don't have the seeding that you would assume that they would have. They still have some good teams, man. I'm telling you, it's going to be a hell of an NBA finals, especially in the Western Conference. And moving on to the NBA trade deadline, we're going to talk about some predictions, man. Edgar, give me give me one or two key predictions that you think going to happen tomorrow, bro. NBA trade deadline. Uh, some, some teams trying to make some moves to be in contention. 
We just talked about it, especially in the Western Conference. Uh, I'm really wondering where Westbrook will go. Um, I think he could be some help to the Heat. I've been seeing some people saying he coming to the Heat. I could see him adding that hustle aspect with Jimmy Butler. I'm not expecting Russ to be this huge offensive piece we've been missing because, um, honestly, the Heat, I think we're doing pretty well with scoring 108 points a game. It's clearly not the highest, but we have one of the best defensive um, I about points to say, We have the worst offense in the NBA. We got the, one uh, of the best defenses, though. I about to say, we got one of the best defenses, so I think that can be compatible with that. Um, So I think Russ going to Miami, I wouldn't be mad at it. I think it'll give us a boost. It'll, I would pick Russ over Kyle Lowry at the moment. <laughs> Easily. I, I, it's not even a competition for me. Get rid of that nigga. But um, who else? I don't even really know who else I would want to get traded at this point. Because my Brandon Ingram um, trade talk that I was talking last season, that man's yeah, staying man. in New Orleans at this that point. Nigga, that nigga's a hooper. Um, damn. I don't know who else I would just want to see traded. I think everybody right now on their respective teams are just fine where they are at the moment. It's one trade that I think has to happen tomorrow. It has to be OG Ananobi. He's the, I honestly want to see what the entire Raptors organization is going to do because there's so many players on that team in trade talks. When you talk about Fred, mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent, OG Ananomi, even Pascal Siakam has been brought up in trade conversation, and he's somebody who was All-NBA last year and is in that All-Star conversation. So we we have to see what they do. I, I, I'm hearing that KD, they can still trade KD. I don't think KD is getting traded. Nah, but the Raptors... The Raptors are the team to look out for tomorrow. I think OG Ananobi is for sure getting traded. But where, though? Because I've been hearing the Pelicans. I've been hearing the Grizzlies. I've been hearing the Heat interested. Damn, there's so many places. I think OG Ananobi gets traded to the Knicks tomorrow. Mm. I think the Knicks are the land that's smart for OG. I think they trade Emmanuel quickly, top in three first round picks because currently that's what the asking price is for OG. I think they end up get, giving them to the Knicks. And then you have RJ Barrett, you got Randall, you got OG, you got Brunson. That's a nice little core for the, the Knicks moving forward that you can build off of with the, the bench and stuff like that. So I think OG and Anobi to the Knicks happens tomorrow. I've been and seeing um people saying D Rose been to hurt. The Bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. to the Bucks. They've been saying the Bucks are interested in D Rose. That would be solid. I would like D Rose to the Bucks. I can see that. I can see. I I agree with you that Russ is coming to Miami. I think he's either going to Miami or the Clippers. The Clippers are also in need of point guard help. Reggie Jackson ain't it. John Wall isn't the player that a lot of people thought he was gonna be this year. I, I think I Russ know. can help that for real. I think Russ can help the Clippers. Because didn't him and PG, you know, they, they had some beef in that last little bit of time they was together. They had no beef. I don't remember them having no beef. Mm, towards the end, it was they didn't have beef, but it was like, you, you clearly see this ain't working. Um, I don't remember that. But I still think he, either uh, the beef aside, if they did or didn't have beef, I still think that fit-wise, I think the Clippers are the best fit for him. Because I think he can actually start for the Clippers, like, off the bat. But I think for the Heat... Even though we don't have a point guard that's better than him right now, because Kyle Lowry is tra- terrible right now. And I love Gabe, but Gabe is not better than Westbrook. I still think he would come off the bench for the Heat and be that spark plug that you want to obviously set up, bam, feed, bam, obviously get to the, the basket. Because something with Miami, 
they don't get to the basket enough. They settle for so many yeah. mid-ranges, so, settle for so many threes, and they're mm-hmm. one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. So they have to get better at attacking the basket. And I think he's one of the best attackers in the NBA, and he's one of the best playmakers in the NBA, which will set up better, uh, better scoring opportunities for Bam. So I think that he's one of the best playmakers Bam will ever have played with ever, other than D Wade. So that would also help. I think is this is the least climactic trade deadline we've had in a while. We can't like, say that, bro. It's because last year was terrible. We actually got Kyrie traded. Kyrie going to the Mavs was huge. And this this D'Angelo Russell news was huge. Was I, it I, like those, those two? Was it blockbuster? Was, was it blockbuster trade? Kyrie? Yeah, 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 yeah. To it's where not, like it's, we're, it's not like Harden got mm-hmm. traded. Harden, I understand that Harden one was a big deal. Harden, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. The, the, it wasn't no, but I remember last year. Did Harden get traded last year, or was that two years ago? Uh, what year is this? 2023. That was 20. Damn, that might have been last year. He got traded in January. He didn't get traded at the trade deadline. That's why it was. Oh, he did. He got traded was. in January, so it wasn't a trade deadline deal. But mm. still, the trade deadline last year wasn't that good. But the fact that Kyrie got traded, the fact that we got this big Lakers move, I think that's already a good move. I think OG getting moved to the Knicks oh, yeah, would be yeah. a good the, play for them. The the moves are good. I'm just talking about like when when you think of like some of the biggest trades you've seen like that's what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it have you seen anything yet that has made you say damn like that's the trade of the season like i don't know if i've necessarily seen that this season i don't even if really Kyrie, know outside Kyrie, of Harden if i saw that last season no nah, i didn't see that last year if Kyrie would have went to the lakers i would have said that but i'm so happy he did it because if Kyrie would have got on the lakers that's a ship that was an easy yeah. ship bro them boys went in a ship because like I so. think nobody in the <laughs> NBA currently has a real legitimate big three. I think Golden State has a good, like, big two and excellent role players. But I do not think anybody in the NBA has a big three. So if you would have put Kyrie, Braun, and AD on the same team, that's a ship, bro. Nobody in the West was going to beat them. So I was happy when I see him go to the Mavs because I'm like, that shit was AD. Cool for me. Just, huh? just give me the duo of Bron and Kyrie. I'm taking that duo over <laughs> any duo in the league right now. I promise. No, 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 I couldn't do it. Kyrie, do it. Kyrie okay. and Bron. Nah. you need you need an AD. You need AD though. You need AD. The first game together, them niggas probably finna both drop thirty. Nah, right. bro. Because you can say the same shit about him and Luca. Him and Luca probably gonna be on the same type of time. No, but but it'll, 30. it'll be an effective no. both drop thirty. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That Luca and that Luca, the Kyrie, the uh, the Mavs trade is gonna be a big one, bro. It's gonna be a big one. And like I said, Luca has no more excuses, man. Because I feel like he gets so many passes because everybody be like. Oh, he, oh, everybody be like, oh, Luca ain't got no help. Luca ain't got no help. When we just seen this nigga get to the Western Conference Finals with all that motherfucking help, Brock Brunson was dropping 30 a game in a playoff exactly. last year. Dinwiddie exactly. was chipping in. Goddamn Dorian Finney-Smith was shooting the lights out. Cleaver was playing good. So you had all of those good-ass role players on the team. Then we still going to say Luca has no help. So now you got Kyrie, one of the best players in the league. Nobody is going to say Kyrie is no help because Kyrie is clearly help. So it's no excuses no more. You got the help. Obviously, they can build around you even more, but there's no excuses for Luka, bro. You have exactly what you need in terms of the scoring players around you. I totally so, agree. So no passes for Luka this time, bro. No passes. I hope, and then one more thing for the trade deadline. This is not a prediction. It's just something I hope because I'm a Heat fan. I hope we trade Kyle Lowry ass somewhere tomorrow. Because <laughs> if that nigga is still on my team on Friday, bro, I'm going to be heated. I'm going to be fucking heated, dog, if that nigga is still on I'm my team on Friday, bro. 
How much uh what damn, what I'm trying to say. Do we have enough money to get Fred Van Vliet? I think if we send Kyle Lowry back to Toronto and get Van Vliet over to the Heat. I would, I would easily much rather have Fred Van Vliet, but they don't want that yeah. nigga though. Because they know he washed. Why? He washed. washed. Yeah. Oh, you talking about Lowry? I'm talking like, about Lowry. Van Vliet, they washed. Oh, no, 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 Van Vliet. I'm talking about Larry. They know Lowry washed. So it's like, but, we're not going to trade you one of our best players for that nigga. Nah. But I was speaking from the um the context of like, you know, him coming back to Toronto. Oh, no, because he's the best. Like yeah, he's the best Raptor and all that. But no, nah, they, they yeah. still want him. Because at the end of the day, Masai Ujiri is one of the best front office people, front office execs in the game. And he knows yeah. the game, bro. He's not going to do no shit over mm-hmm. any sentimental reasons, my nigga. Like, if we're going to mm-hmm. do this trade, we're going to do it to get better or to get assets. We're not doing this just for this nigga to come back home. Like, nah. I can see that. Ooh, Van Vliet with Hero, with Jimmy, with Bam. That jump would go crazy. Because I heard a rumor that Siakam, we looking at Siakam and Ananobi for the heat. But like I said, Pat been sleeping for the past two years. So we ain't going to make no fucking moves. Nigga been sleep. So I, this just an expectation. That's why I'm so We got to have the money to do it too. Like we, we got enough money, I think, in the cap. And we, we also have assets. We have two first round picks. But yeah. nobody wants Kyle Lowry because they see what he is now. They see that nigga is washed. <laughs> <laughs> they see that he is old. We made a trade yesterday. That's what this. I'm gonna tell you how washed the Heat are. We made a trade yesterday. We traded Deadman trash ass, and, when, and we traded Deadman and a second round pick, and we got nothing in return. So we basically tagged the asset to this nigga Deadman for nothing. And then we're gonna keep Kyle Lowry after the season. The Heat just so cooked, bro. I feel sorry for man. Bam I'm gonna leave our ass in a couple of years, bro. Bam gonna be like, look at these, look how they surrounded Jimmy. I don't want to be in this LO. <laughs> Shit is ridiculous. But moving on to the next NBA topic, we have Ja Morant is in the headlines for gangster activity. Man, what's going on with Ja Morant, bro? I'm seeing this nigga and all this bullshit this year. And this isn't the first time I've seen him in headlines because there was a headline in December that he was fighting somebody on his property or some bullshit. He ended up knocking out some minor. And he ended up getting a question for that, ended up getting interrogated. It turned out to be nothing, but it was, ended up being like a TMZ article. But it was swept under the rug because obviously he had a fight, whatever. Woo, woo, woo. But this situation that just happened recently was more so a big deal. So let me go ahead to the article right now. So it says, associates of John Morant verbally accosted Pacers personnel and someone trained trained a red laser on them from a nearby SUV post-game on January 29th. The person from the Pacers said, we felt like we were in grave danger. The NBA investigated the incident. Nothing came of it. But John Morant was basically painted in a negative light after this because it's like, bro, you got all this money. Like, why are you even affiliated with people who have lasers? You know what I'm saying? When you're in the car or even threatening some people from the paces. Like, why are you even caught up in the bullshit like that, bro? You're making too much money. Why aren't you separated from it? So how do you feel about this situation and the the trouble that John could potentially put himself in if this continues? Uh, I think he does need to be mindful of the company he keeps. Uh, I don't like the fact that we're, and when I say we, I just mean the media. I don't like the fact that we're like painting Ja in this negative light of him trying to be this gangster person when it's not that. It's just who he hangs around and the people who may be his family or his close friends that may involve themselves in things like this. But you have to understand, Ja, when you are a certain level, the company you keep is important to your brand as well. You have to remember, it's not just you anymore. When we think of LeBron, 
and the excellence that he has around him with Maverick Carter, with Rich Paul and all them, them people ain't on no, um, you know, no gangster stuff, on no this, that, and the third or whatever. And of course, LeBron is the gold standard, but I'm just using him as an example. You have to have that mindset of, hey, I can't, it's not that I can't be friends with y'all, but I can't have y'all coming to my games. I can't have y'all around these influential and successful people if y'all gonna be on that type of time. Because they were, I don't even know if they concluded that Ja was in the car with these people or not. Yeah, he was. He was in the, the car. But it's the fact, well, since he was in the car, that that's even worse on you. Because it's like, even if you're not the one doing it, you're with these people at the time that they're doing something. And you just have to be smarter with that. And I understand he's not the first person to have like this type of persona painted on him. We know Steven Jackson and a lot of other people who had that thug persona painted on them. And hell, we even we even laugh about how John Wall throws up blood signs after he makes baskets. But you can't put yourself in a situation to be criticized like that. Like, yeah, you talk, you you talk on social media, you have that persona, you have that swag about yourself. That's one thing. But don't start giving people real reasons to throw stones at you and criticize your character. That's the only thing I would say to John Moran. I ain't finna bash him like all these other media outlets doing, but I'm going to at least give a real opinion of you need to be very mindful of the company you keep. And I think people are more so mad, not just because of this article, but because it's been a, a consistent theme with, with John Morant when either when he's on social media, he he feels like he's, uh, I don't know, it's like a fake tough type of persona that a lot of people get off of what he tweets. I remember he ended up tweeting out like a, a, a I think it was during the summer that he was going back and forth with somebody online. He was talking about, uh, you do, do you want to know how hollows feel or some shit like that? Yeah. It's like comments like that you're posting on social media that everybody can see and paints a persona on you that you're trying to be this gangster in the NBA. And it's like, for what, bro? You make it $200 million, or, you know, $200 million. Like, why are you even trying to be in that company? Why are you even trying to have that type of persona when you're in the league? It's not necessary. We just had this this uh, this article that article that came out that obviously encapsulates all of that, but it's just him trying to be fake tough when it's like it's no need to be that, bro. Like it, it doesn't matter where you're from or anything. Like you're in this position now where you shouldn't be able to fuck it up. You shouldn't fuck it up. Like you obviously have the role paid for you, bro. You're one of the best players in the NBA. A lot of people do not have this opportunity, bro. Like these gangsters that you're trying to hang with want to be like you. But you want to be like them, so it's like, why are you trying to be like them when you the one with the money? You the you the breadwinner. They them niggas is just leeches at this point. So you gotta bro, you gotta break off that circle, my nigga, because obviously this isn't a good uh isn't a good way for you, bro. But this this isn't the first time I've seen headlines about negative jaw headlines. But honestly, and, bro, you just gotta calm down. And it's crazy because Ja Ja is one of my favorite players. He's been one of my favorite players the last year and a half, at least at this point. But um. I, I definitely agree. I I don't think he – I can't sit here and say the man being fake tough because I, I don't know him. I don't know his background or whatever. He's from a two-parent household. His, the family pictures that people post on social media when they try to be funny about him, it's like, hey, just because this man got two parents and just because he's from a good family don't mean he ain't about what he's talking about because we clearly see nowadays – the people we really think be about what they be talking about are the people that are snitching. So, well, quote unquote snitching. So the the rappers and the gangsters that we do glorify for being quote unquote real, 
we find out they snitching. So who are we to say that the person who don't come from that isn't on, um, you know, that snitching type of vibe or that soft person type of vibe? We don't know what y'all really is. And, you know, let people tell it. He's from Merck City. I think that's the, the nickname for the city that he's from, from South Carolina. And I guess that's one of the worst cities in the area that they came from. So it's like, we don't know what Ja has seen. We don't know the people he's been involved with or been around. His personal family may not be like that, but we can't sit here and say Ja just isn't like that. We but don't that's, know. That's cool. That's cool that if you're around that, if you grew up in that, cool. But you're in a position, bro, where that shit don't matter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart. It doesn't matter. Be, I'm just you saying. You got to be smart yeah, yeah. for yourself and for your family that you can't fuck up this opportunity. Because for that's sure. cool that you grew for up sure. with these people, but you obviously have to realize that, hey, y'all niggas ain't the niggas I'm supposed to be around. And y'all, y'all not the people I'm taking to the game. Exactly. I like, will <laughs> chill with not... y'all when I'm back at the crib, but y'all ain't coming exactly, to the game. Exactly, no. bro. Because you, you brought up John Wall earlier. And like, even though we seen John Wall throw up gang signs, we ain't never seen John Wall in this type of activity where it's like he on some gang and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, even though John Wall can still be in them streets, we don't never hear about that shit. We don't never see him at games. He don't never post no pictures with no niggas doing no hood shit and hood activity. Because he always stay low-key. If he is going to do that shit, stay low-key. Because he's not going to fuck up the money. And he's not going to fuck up the position that he put his family in to obviously provide for decades on end. So that's what John has to do. You can still be cool with them niggas and kick it on the side, bro. But it can't be all at the games. You kicking it. Oh, you they picking you up from the game. Y'all niggas riding off. Like, nah, my nigga. You got to be real low-key with that shit. If you're going to keep this company, it got to be on some low-key shit where it's not no headlines like this coming out no more, bro. I don't give a damn if they're your best friends or not. And, and this is a... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's the thing, like the the rappers and the, the Gs, like the OGs who are embracing you, you don't have to prove yourself to them. They cool with you off of the fact you repping for their city and you're a hooper and you're well-known and well-liked. Moneybag, yo... Yo Gotti, all the CMG, they cool with you, bro. The OGs, 3-6 Mafia, Juicy J and them, they come to watch you play, bro. And other rappers like Lil Baby and who you be hanging out with and all that, they're cool with you just because you're you. You don't even have to try to act like them. Acting like them at that point, is that's going to make them not want to hang around you because it's like, bro, you don't have to do all that. You're a hooper. Like, we want to hang around you because you're you the same way you want to hang around us because we're us. So I, I think he just has to keep that mental clarity. But I'm, I don't want to say he acting fake tough because, hey, we don't know who who for real at the end of the day. Let mm-hmm. social media tell it with all the stuff that's been happening lately. So And also, just going back to the other side of this equation of, like, them trying to paint Ja in this type of light. Because a lot of people were bringing up the example of, like, oh, they tried to do the same thing with Allen Iverson. Oh, Allen Iverson was in the da-da-da-da. They tried to paint Allen Iverson as this thug. It's like... I understood what the NBA was doing when it came to like Allen Iverson because obviously he had a a reputation coming into the league that a lot of people honestly uh, always carried with him. He obviously, and he had his own 30 for 30 about that bowling Mm -hmm. incident when he was fighting. He obviously ended up going to jail. So it was like, there was a track record there where it's like, okay, even though the black community didn't call him a thug, it's a, it's obviously a, a, a record here like oh he went to jail for some shit like he was in yeah. jail before he went to georgetown where people can call him a thug because of that but jaw didn't have anything like that nigga you had a, a your your road paved to the league you went to college you went to high school you went to college you went to the league there was nothing in between in it that that told us that you was in this thug life you was in this bullshit with ai it was just a totally different situation because he got caught up 
with that shit earlier in, in his career that almost fucked up his career. So if anything, you got to look at AI to uh, to see how not to fuck your shit up. Because AI, mm-hmm. like if it wasn't for John Thompson at Georgetown, AI probably wouldn't be the player he is today or probably wouldn't have made it to the NBA because he was that close for his career to be finished in high school. So that should be an example you take of like, okay, let me see how I don't fuck my shit up from not hanging mm-hmm. with the wrong people. Because he almost didn't make it this, to this position because of the dumb shit that he was trying to do in the streets or whatever, or do at the bowling alley trying to be like, he's tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's an example that you see to go away from it, not to go into it. So that's just an example that I'm trying to debunk. And moving on with some more NBA topics, we have Cam Thomas became the youngest player to have three straight 40-point games. Want to get this dude a huge shout-out because he hasn't been playing for years now. He hasn't been playing for the past couple of years. He's been playing like a lot of spot duty when it's blowouts. Mm -hmm. But obviously after the Kyrie trade, it opened up some minutes for Cam Thomas, and he has been hooping. KD been out. So Cam Thomas has the range to do whatever he wants on offense. And he's not just dropping these 40-point games. He's doing it efficiently, bro. And for a young player to be as seasoned as he is at only 20 years old, 21 years old, Cam Thomas, boy, he going to be a stuff for a long time, bro. Yeah. I wanted to give him a shout-out, man, before we moved on because he's been having one hell of a week, bro. One hell of a week. And moving on to the NFL, we have our Super Bowl 57 prediction. So, Edgar, obviously, we gave the folks a preview last week. But what are we predicting for this week, man? What's the What's the outcome? So my final prediction, I'm taking the Chiefs, and I'm going to go 28-21. It's funny, bro, because when it comes to this game, why do I feel like so many people are going with Philly? And that's scaring me because it's like... Philly the favorite. Philly is the favorite. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, like, you can keep going. Up. I look it up. Yeah, but that's that's one thing that scared me because I feel like when you doubt Patrick Mahomes, that's when he plays his best, or that's when he wants to overcome even more. So I wish that the Chiefs were the favorite and the Eagles were the underdog. So I wouldn't feel like, damn, I'm picking the favorite because I feel like when Mahomes is the underdog, bro, he he tends to win, bro. He tends to win. I'm gonna rock out with the Eagles, bro. I talked about it last week. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Philly is a one and a half point favorite on Bavada. Damn. Yeah, on Bavada. Yeah, on Bavada. One and a half point favorite. Damn. But it still feel like still so many people are picking them. Though. I'm going to go with Philly still. I'm not going to budge off, man. I'm going to still go with Philly. I think they have the better defense. I think their offensive line, like I talked about last week, is going to play a huge part on why they win this game. Obviously, the Chiefs defense has improved over the, the, the back end of the season and in the playoffs. But that offensive line is tough. Two Hall of Famers on the offensive line, I don't think they're touching Hurts like that during this game, which means more time to air it out deep to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and the Goddard. I think that's going to play a huge part in why the Eagles end up winning this game. It's going to be a shootout for sure. I talked about I talked about it last week. I think it's going to be like 38-34, that type of game with the Chiefs. But the Eagles' defense... They're going to make that key stop at the end. I think it's going to be like a Hassan Reddick sack that ends up sealing the game. It could be a possession where the, the Chiefs can have the, the, the opportunity to win the game. Last drive, Hassan Reddick game-winning tackle, game-winning sack to win the game, bro. But it's going to so, be a close game for sure. I have a very important question to ask you. Do you think the Eagles – will have a dynasty on their hands if they win this Super Bowl. 
because 2017, well, they, they won in 2018. So the 2017-18 season, they won one. And they've been in the playoffs, what, just about every year since then? And they're, they have a chance to win this year. So within a five- to six-year span, they will have two chips. That's more than Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in this five-year span. So will the Eagles have a dynasty on their hands, even though they, they have a different head coach than what they had last time? They have a different Yeah, I'm about situation. to say, usually, yeah, usually it's the, usually it's the, the, the same The team pieces, as a whole yeah, could has be changed. seen as a dynasty, but pieces have changed. Yeah, a lot of pieces have changed. I mean, like, the defense is not even the same. The quarterback isn't the same, but they're winning, though. You mean, like, the winning. They're winning. Mm. I wouldn't I say it's a dynasty. I think the I think what makes it a dynasty is that the core stays together. But this mm. entire team is different than what it was it in 2017. Is. Like Carson Wentz, Foles ain't there. I mean, these wide receivers weren't even there. These defensive pieces weren't there. Like nobody was there other than like Fletcher Cox. Nobody was really there for that last championship. So I can't really call mm-hmm. it a dynasty because it's nobody really getting their second one other than Fletcher Cox. So I wouldn't That's call it true. a dynasty. Like, I, like you I said, new thought- coach. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting question because I, I really sat and I was looking at it. I'm like, damn, if the Eagles get two chips before Patrick Mahomes get two, that's going to be crazy. Because this is the thing with the Eagles. They did have some seasons with them. It was looking ugly. Last year wasn't even a it good was. season. It was, it was looking rough. Season before that was looking rough when they was going through that whole Carson Witt. Should we be with Carson Witt? Should we have Nick Foles? Those couple of seasons were rough after the Super Bowl. So they did have some down years. I feel like the Chiefs, while I still look at them as like uh, on the road of uh, a dynasty, is because they've always been in the conference championship Super Bowl every year. They've always been that team that you have to at least go through to get to the promised land. The Eagles haven't been in that position. It's like y'all won with a, a certain regime. Y'all was mid for three years, and now y'all back on top with uh with Hurts in a new regime. It's like this is two completely different regimes. While the Chiefs have won with the same exact core in place, same coaching staff, and they've been the roadblock. So I think that that all rolls into like the context of a dynasty. Because I I think even if they're not considered a dynasty, which I agree with you, I don't think they should be considered. I just thought the question was entertaining. I think it will say a lot about the Chiefs. If they've been considered the roadblock and they've won, they've been in the conference championship the past five years in a row now, and they only got one Super Bowl to that's show ugly. for it. No, that's ugly. <laughs> but the Eagles won one six years ago, at well, five years ago at this point, and they've had a rebuild process, and they're about to win again before y'all win another one. I think that'll say a lot, bro. That will say a lot hey. because that means does that mean the Chiefs are who we really think they are at this point? I don't know. These are questions that people are going to throw up. I'm just saying. I'm picking the Chiefs to win, y'all. I'm just saying. Damn. There's so many reasons to pick the Chiefs, bro. Nah, I'm not thinking about it. Because I'm thinking, like, Andy Reid is going to want his revenge, too. You talk about somebody who went to so many conference championships with the Eagles. I think he went to three or four conference championships with Donovan McNabb Mm -hmm. in, like, the early 2000s, and he could never get over the hump. He gets a quarterback. Obviously, uh, he gets Patrick Mahomes. He's with the Chiefs. Now he has... Now he's the roadblock in the AFC. I think he wants to really assert his dominance in this game and show, like, damn, I'm really that nigga. Like, y'all shouldn't have let me go after all these years. Like, damn, bro, this is gonna be a toss-up game. Let me, let me, let me, let me stay on one side of the fence. I'm going with him. I'm going with because because are you really the roadblock if you only got one chip out of five tries? Like, are you really the you still the, you still the road because you got to think in those five tries, meaning five conference championships, they've been to the Super Bowl three times. 
They've still been to the Super Bowl three times. So they're still a roadblock in the AFC. You still have to go through us in the AFC. It's just that the NFC continues to defeat us. You know what Mm. I'm saying? But I think they're still the roadblock. Wait, they've been three times? I thought it only been twice. This is the third time. So they they went against oh, San oh, Francisco. This, this is the, the third Bucks. time. Okay. Yeah, okay, this is the third yeah, time. Yeah. It was the Bucks. They beat San Francisco, and then this is the third time. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, man. But damn, this is gonna be a toss up, man. It, it, it can really go either way. I, I I'm gonna just stick on my one side. Philly. Philly. Mm. Third, I'm gonna say 38-34. All right, moving on to the next topic. We got Brianna Stewart is moving on to the New York Liberty. I know we don't really keep up with WNBA news, but these moves were just so big that we had to talk about them. So Brianna Stewart is one of the best players in the NBA. She used to play for the Seattle Storm. She is now going to the NY Liberty, New York Liberty, which is in Brooklyn. And they currently have a squad right now. She's getting paired up with Sabrina Ionescu. Ionescu is one of the best young players in the NBA. She just came into the WNBA two years ago from uh, Oregon. So this is a big pickup. Obviously, this is something that is brewing in New York. And another big move in the WNBA is Candace Parker, one of the greatest of all time, is going to the Las Vegas Aces. If you don't know, the Las Vegas Aces just won the WNBA championship last year with Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray. And now they add Candace Parker, one of the greatest of all time. And they still got Kelsey Plummer, too. And they still got Kelsey Plummer. So that, yep. that that the Las Vegas Aces still have a they have a squad, even better squad than they did last year. But the NY Liberty gonna be there with them at the end of the day too, because you got INSQ, you got Brianna Stewart, they got some more pieces. But the in um the the Aces they're under investigation right now. I think by the WNBA and the NBA for what under the table money. They said there was some under the table money that was spent with the, and it was like some funny contract situations. That's how they were able to pull this, you know, this super team together. They said it was some under the table money going on, bro. It was an ESPN article. I swear to God, bro. I did not hear that, bro. No, I did not hear that. That was a surprise to me. Damn, I got to find this article. Hold on. Damn. Because I was wondering how that shit worked because I think Asia Wilson is currently already one of the highest paid players in the NBA and or WNBA. And currently, the WNBA max contract is what two hundred thousand per. I think per max contract. I think that's what Brianna Stewart got too. So how do you have multiple like max players on your team? Unless you, damn, that honestly would make sense because you have too much talent. You have too like how are they getting all this money? So according to. Yeah, hold on. According to the nexthoops.com, it says the Las Vegas Aces are under investigation by the WNBA for making under the table payment offers to both current players and free agents the team has purchased. Nine league sources have told the next. The WNBA, through a spokesperson, told the next on Wednesday afternoon. They are currently conducting an investigation involving the Aces in connection with allegations raised in a recent social media post by Dierica Hamby. So, uh, it was something else. Any attempt, uh, damn, what the hell? According to those familiar with the allegations, the pattern alleged that the team followed typically and the team followed typically involved a high level member of the Aces instructing the agent of a potential signing, either a free agent or an Aces player negotiating an extension. That at the conclusion of the cell phone call between the team and the agent, uh, the agent will receive an offer for a specific amount of money from a particular pre-selected company. So mm. it was some, it was like some under the table money 
being talked about with, hey, if you get us this player, like, you know, we'll we'll slide you a couple of dollars with this and whatnot. Whether it was free agents or whether it was like actual like people on the roster keeping people on the roster. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Cause like I said, me thinking about it, it, it didn't make sense how they signed all these players. Cause Kelsey Plum getting money, Chelsea Gray getting money, Asia Wilson getting money. Somebody gotta get slid. Something under, unless these players are just sacrificing money to play with each other. Somebody gotta be taking some. It, it, apparently, ain't nobody sacrificing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's apparently what I'm saying. everybody getting a bag. <laughs> that is crazy, bro. So these niggas more grimy than college basketball on the low or college football on the low. These niggas might be more grimy because this wouldn't, I wouldn't think this is the first time that this has happened in the WNBA. And this is why this, and that's what I'm saying, because it, it comes out, you finally get caught up, but this wouldn't be the first time. This probably been going on for a minute now. And it's like, you just got caught up in it. So how many other dynasties were built off the, the backs of this illegal shit getting being able to sign people and just handing them some money under the table. Cause I remember those Minnesota Lynx teams that Maya Moore used to be on. Those teams used to be crazy. And it's like, how is this all this talent on one team? But these niggas always play together every year. It's like, this is too much talent. But if they was doing this, it would make sense. So I would look at that Minnesota Lynx team too for this type of play. Yeah, so so a lot of agent and um, team executive phone conversations going on, trying to work out deals of like, hey, if if you get on, if you sign my player, like we'll make sure you get this amount of money, or like, hey, we trying to work a deal where we trying to keep these players on the team. We'll slide them an extra few dollars here, but we'll make it look like on the salary cap we ain't got this and blah blah blah. That's crazy. Damn, they grimy like that in the WNBA. See when your max when your max contract is only two hundred thousand, you gotta make shit shake. This is a, you gotta make shit shake. You gotta make shit shake when your max contract only two hundred thousand. So I can't even really be mad. I can't bro. be mad, bro. I really you can't, can't really be mad. Be mad it's like you gotta do what you gotta do when the, the max contract is what it is, my nigga. You gotta you want all these players to be on the same. Oh team. my god. You gotta, you gotta make some shit shake. Sometimes you gotta make that some shit shake. Said, this is what happens when your max contract. Hey, when you get 200 million, you don't have to be under the table. You get 200 million, my nigga. There's no need for under the table. 200,000? Oh, yeah, we got to do some shit under the table. It's no way I'm taking that. Hell no. Especially That's when a- Russia giving out that check. Russia giving out that check. Oh, nah. Let me let me that's go ahead and sign money under the table. That's a fine for NBA players. And literally, that's a fine, my nigga. That's crazy. <laughs> that's a big time fine at that. Crazy. But damn, that shit don't fuck me up. But uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see these two pairs. Like, but what will happen? What will come of that? Will they like renege on this candle at Candace Parker to Las Vegas deal? That that I'm not sure. That's a good question. I think they're just going through um the investigation period right now, like answering questions and and all that type of stuff. Because this just came out like yesterday, I think. Yeah, it came out like early day. I seen it seven hours ago. Oh, oh, it was early in the day. That's yeah, I seen it seven Damn. hours ago. I thought so it was yesterday. Currently, the 2023 WNBA championship odds are the Las Vegas Aces are a plus 135 and the New York Liberty are a plus 150. So they're neck and neck for championship odds. So these teams are obviously going to be the two teams. If you want to start watching WNBA basketball, these are the two top teams going into next season. And it should be exciting, but obviously you got to wait on this investigation. And listen to this. On ESPN, it says 
such a practice would appear to be a violation of the collective bargaining agreement by getting around the league's hard salary cap. If proven, the allegations could lead to the most significant discipline in the league since the New York Liberty were fined $500,000 for the mm-hmm. unsanctioned chartering of flights to away games in the 2021 season. So they could face up to a fine of 500 bands or more. They don't even got that. <laughs> they don't have that. <laughs> they, 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 loud as hell. They, they don't, don't even, even have, have that. that. They don't even have that. That's crazy, bro. So nobody, but nobody's in danger of like not getting, not getting uh, signed. From what I'm seeing, no. It's just I like a heavy anything. fine is going to come down basically. Uh, Yeah, I, I just see fine talk right now. I don't see nothing about nobody getting fired because I don't know if they have anybody's like specific names attached to this right now. I think it's just the organization as a whole is going through. So I think with the investigation, I think that's how they're going to find out, you know, who specifically is involved and who can they really point this to and all that. So that's crazy. So these WNBA championship odds could change on Bavada real soon if something other than a fine does go down. Crazy as hell. And moving on, to, and honestly, this is a reason to watch the WNBA because this is some drama that is <laughs> hey, going we on. Gotta watch it not, that's what I'm saying. That you, you're not getting this type of drama in the NBA, my nigga. You, yeah, this is a reason to watch NBA. it. This is a reason to watch the WNBA, to be honest. So go ahead and tap in this season, bro. And you already yeah, know the two best was- teams. This is where the real finesse is at over here. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, bro. Literally. All right, man. You got anything for two on Wednesday? Uh, yeah, I got two polls. Um, All right. Let me see. Uh, first one. One day the NBA will have someone averaging forty points a game. Too wild or not too wild? Not too wild, bro. How this game is being played today? We've already seen Harden with the the thirty six. So if you come in with that that NBA uh, D'Antoni system, you can get somebody to 40 real easy, bro. It's not that hard no more, bro, especially how easy players are scoring. No, I'm not surprised. I say too wild. What? I get, you. I get your point of how easy it could be to do it with the way the rules are and the way the system of the NBA runs. But I think for ratings and just for fan engagement, bro, we can't have people out here averaging 40 points. The fact that James Harden was averaging 36 for a season is wild as hell. Like, and I think that's why they started letting more defensive plays um get back into the rule book. Because mm-hmm. I think that was just causing such a friction with the league and with the fans of like, damn, like. Is he gonna go to the line every time? Y'all see, no, we, y'all was mad about the way he was doing it, not that he was getting. Yeah, but that's 36. what I'm saying. Y'all was mad no, no, about no. The it's not the fact he was getting 36. It was yeah. the way he was doing it. But that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like they they've allowed more defensive plays to get back into the rule book to where I think if people start averaging 40, bro, we already saying there's no defense. Just imagine what it would be like if we have three players averaging 40 points a game. Ooh, there would be no defense. Time out, bro. In 1986 and the 87 season, MJ averaged 37. And that was one of his first years in the NBA. So if MJ averaged 30, averaging 37 and nobody had a problem with it, somebody can get up to 40 if you but, having a damn Tony system, bro. But who else was averaging that much? Who else was even averaging over 30? All it says is Wilt. It's all it's nothing but Wilt. It's Wilt, 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 MJ, Wilt, James Harden, Rick Barry. Then you got other niggas' names. But it's mostly Wilt. Because I'm MJ. saying like in one particular season, I think this is the most 30 points per game 
um, players we've seen in a season. So just Mm -hmm. imagine that increasing to 40 points. If we get if we get to a point where people are averaging 40 points a game, bro, we're going to see 200 point games. And I think that's going to hurt the league, bro. That's going to hurt the league so much. If people are scoring 200, we don't I don't even want to get to that point. If you got, I don't think we're gonna get to nah. If you got somebody scoring forty is three other people on because the Harden was averaging thirty six. He was averaging thirty six, but they was only scoring like one twenty five a game. They weren't averaging no two hundred a game, bro. The fact that you were still averaging thirty six. One twenty five is because no, because they they had one of the best offenses of all time. He averaged thirty six, but still, it's not two hundred. Like we're not getting out of hand here. You can I, still stop them. I say that's too wild. I don't think Adam Silver will let the offense get that crazy. I think there still needs to be a some type of defense in the NBA. We can't get to the point where we're just watching scoring all day and there's no. But defense. this is but look we're at on how the, the brink NBA, of that now. Look at how the NBA is today, though, bro. We're so desensitized to thirty point games we now are. that that's, we're honestly desensitized to fifty point games. I see niggas scoring fifty. It's like okay, I'm scrolling on my timeline. It don't even matter to me no more. So it's like if a nigga moves up to, to average 40 points a game, I don't think that many people mind it, bro. I don't think they do. But but just because we're desensitized to it, that doesn't mean we should mind it. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it should be okay mm-hmm. just because we're desensitized to it. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be okay for us to say, oh, three people scored 50 points today? Oh, okay. Like, no, that should not be normal in the NBA, bro. Should it <laughs> no, be but like it back is, in though. the day while only one person scoring 50 points? No. But it should be it should be a little bit harder than what it is these days. That's why I always say early 2000s was my favorite era of to watch of the NBA. That was the ugliest game of basketball. It was just enough scoring, but it was just enough defense at the same time. You didn't yeah, have people. You, going you like crazy. that '90s basketball when they was choking niggas and all that other bullshit. You no, like, you I don't like, like that. that. No, you don't like, you don't like, like that, that bullshit. No, like that. You like that inefficient no. shit when niggas was shooting thirty nine percent from the field. You like that type no, of basketball. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> hey, that's basically like that. what you want to go back to, bro. With niggas shooting thirty nine percent, we're going too much in the offensive direction to turn back now, bro. It's like it's I, gonna I don't see how we go back. We're, we're gonna turn back eventually, bro. We're gonna turn back, bro. I think, I think we can inevitable. at least we can see a forty point score before we at least go back. We can we can see a forty point score. I think we're going to too. Mm, it's I, gonna be somebody I would who hope isn't we in don't, the, but I wouldn't be surprised. Would Wimby do it with the nah. skill set Wimby got? Nah, I don't think nobody gonna average forty. Adam because Silver I, would not let anybody average forty for the season. <laughs> I can see a nigga averaging 40. I can see a nigga averaging 40. Because you, you always hear those conversations about, like, LeBron. They always talk about, LeBron can score 50 every night if he wanted to. It's, it's going to be a player that comes into his league that has a scoring mentality that just has just as much talent as LeBron who is just going to put his head down and just score 40 every fucking night. We're seeing it with Cam Thomas right now, who is a pure bucket. He don't care about shit else rather than getting the bucket. It's going to be more niggas that come into the league like him that's going to get buckets, bro. And they going to somebody playing. That's why I'm saying like it. Right but I'm telling you, it's gonna be it's gonna be a situation where a nigga averages 40. He doesn't have to have the opportunity open up for him to have 40. He's gonna be one of the best players in the NBA from jump. He's not gonna have an opportunity like Cam Thomas that needs to open up. He's gonna be one of the best players and he's gonna end up averaging 40 out the gate. I'm saying it's gonna happen, bro. If a nigga uh, averaged 36, a nigga can get to 40, bro. A nigga can get to, it's gonna be tough. I'm not gonna say it like it's some easy ass shit. Averaging 40 is crazy as hell. But I, I think a nigga will do it. 
I damn near cut the TV off. If two two thirds into the season we see somebody averaging forty points, I'm not gonna watch the damn niggas NBA was going crazy over Harden. Niggas was hating on Harden when he was averaging thirty six. <laughs> like, oh my god, this, look at what he's doing to the game of basketball. Oh my god, niggas was going crazy. Yeah, on Harden, I, I was one of those people. I, I know. People. <laughs> niggas was going crazy on Harden, but yeah, uh, not too wild though. Not too wild. I got one more. Uh, the Miami Heat. Are the sleeper team in the East to make the finals? Too wild or not too wild? Too wild. The Heat are ass. Unless we make a trade tomorrow. OG Ananobi, hello. Pascal Siakam, hello. We're we're That's ass. What I'm saying. We're not beating. We're not beating anybody. So so even if we get a trade that works, you think we we won't we won't have a chance? It has to be one of those names that I just said, but or like if a, 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 a magic a magic trick happens, you know what I'm saying? Some magical shit happens, but no. Nah. The Heat this year, I think Bam's improvement is just something that we just got to be happy with this year. But we wasted another one of Jimmy's prime years, bro. I think I'm going to just continue to say that. And I think them not being all in on this season is a bad look for Jimmy, especially what coming off of what we seen him do last year, carrying the Heat to like one shot away from the finals type of shit and not going all in on this season. It's a bad look, dog. So I don't know what the hell the Heat doing. So I'm not even going to say they the sleeper team. Yeah, I would say not too wild. We're seated good at the moment, but it's like I don't see us doing anything outside of maybe, you know, a good second round performance in the playoffs. Uh but yeah. Because think I, about I, the top three teams, wild. bro. The top three teams are the, the Sixers, Bucks, the Bucks, the Sixers. the Sixers, and the Celtics. I don't I don't think they beating the, the Bucks or the Celtics. And the well, Sixers, if the Bucks don't stay healthy, we could pull some shit out of the hat with the Bucks if they don't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. We just played against the Bucks, bro, and it didn't look good. I mean, Bam played way better than I thought, but Giannis just destroys us every time now. That nigga not scared of us no more. But, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the hey, play, playoff heat in Giannis <laughs> is different than regular season. He could kill us oh, during hopefully, the regular season. All hopefully, because <laughs> that nigga, just, he, I think he had like a 30-point triple-double when we played. <laughs> but the maybe we can beat the 76ers. I'm not all in on the 76ers to say we can't beat them. In a playoff series, I think we can beat the Cavs. But if we play either of those top two teams, we're, we're not winning. We're not winning. Mm-hmm. So either that could be a first round beating the Sixers in the first round, or we're not going to the second round. I don't know. I don't think we're beating. Not getting far, at least. I don't think we're getting far. Yeah, I agree. I say two out. All right, and moving on to social media wants to know, we have what's a TV competition show you know you can win easily? Yeah, so I saw this on social media, and the first thing I thought of was Wipeout. I used to watch Wipeout all the time as a kid, bro, and I'm like, You bro, said easily win. This In this shit. question, it says easily yes. win. That's not I can easily easy win Wipeout. Wipeout ain't easy to win. I could easily win Wipeout. I don't yeah, care what's crazy y'all as fuck. Think. Oh, you talking I about you had to jump on the balls? Shit. Is that what you talking about? You had to jump on the yep. balls and shit? It, it was basically, yeah, a, it was basically like a, a water park obstacle course, basically. You ain't winning that shit easy, my nigga. I can you win. could win, I can win but nigga, it's gonna be, no, nigga. You're sweating through that shit, my nigga. You definitely <laughs> gonna slip off that bitch. You gotta hang on the ball before you slip off. No, it's definitely gonna be a tough. I'm gonna be one sure. of the people that just cruise through the whole course. Everybody else, like, damn, I could do this too, and then they, nobody else does it. Nobody else does it. <laughs> damn, I would say it was a game show. Damn, mm. it's it's definitely not Jeopardy because Jeopardy's too tough. I don't oh hell no, it's definitely not Jeopardy. Family Feud. I, I I don't like the word easily here because easily is kind of like, <laughs> that. That's but, why I uh, thought it was a good question. <laughs> easily is the kind of. Mm. 
I'll swing on somebody if I'm on Family Feud. I ain't gonna lie. That's why I can't go on there, bro. I will swing on a. You said swing on. Oh, you talking about one of your family members for saying some dumb if shit? If they say, if they say some dumb <laughs> shit, and we lose, oh my god, I'm swinging on somebody, bro. Because we be having a game night over at the house or during the holidays, bro. So I be, I be, sc- I be scouting niggas. Like if I was to go to Family Feud, who the hell would I pick? I'm like, okay, I know, I know, I got like three or four family members that I know I would ride with. Other niggas, I'm like, nah, I'm not going. Like my mom's, I'm not picking my mom to go to Family. I told my mom the same thing. I'm she, like, nah, you're not going sorry, to family. You're not going to family feud with me. Like, nah, you're not going to be one of my family members. <laughs> but it's either be family feud, because I think I, I do have enough knowledge for that. Price is right, maybe. But it will be Damn, some lucky Julius. guesses involved. Okay, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> and price is right, maybe. But I would more so lean toward family feud, though. Family feud is more so my shit. I would say wipeout and. What's a what's a like game show that I could win? Hmm. What's the one that Wayne Brady used to do? What's the one that Wayne Brady do? Uh. The one that come on CBS. Damn, what's that one called? He had Wayne Brady had his own one too. Wheel of Fortune. Was that Wheel of Fortune? Hold I don't on. know. Look it up. Wayne Brady game show. Nah, I, I couldn't do Wheel of Fortune though. I'd be mad. I I can't get them. Let's make a right deal. Let's make a oh, deal let's with Brent. Let's make. Remember, he used to pick niggas from the stands. Had them go mm. up there. Let's. Oh, Dillo No. Oh, Dillo No Deal was kind of crazy. It's not easy to win Dillo No Deal though. It's not easy. You know the um. You know the game show. Uh, America says. I don't remember that one. Nah. It, it's kind of. It's fairly new. I could do America says. America says might be damn near the most easiest game show to win. I promise to God. How does it you go? Really. So um, there's a question put up on the on the board, and it says, uh, we asked America, and it'll say, I love going to the park because I always see a blank. And there'll be seven blanks with the first letter of each word, and you just got to fill in the blanks, you know, in the time period that you got. And mm. each team goes back and forth. Whoever has the most points at the end of, like, three rounds that winning team goes to the bonus round where they have to guess one word then they have to guess two words then three words then four words in a matter of 60 mm. seconds it, gotcha. it's, it's a pretty easy ass game like mm-hmm. some people be getting some people be getting stumped and then some people just be saying dumb shit but mm. um, <laughs> yeah for sure wipeout and america says them the two games i'm winning for sure i don't give a damn awesome. i'll say family feud i think and i honestly i don't think i'm just going to be like a one night Winner either. I think I'll, I'll win about three in a row. I wouldn't three, win three the nights? car. I'll win about three nights in a row. I wouldn't get the car, but I'll definitely get about three nights in a row. You'll see me on TV. I'll take, I'll take 60 bands over the car. I don't give a damn. I feel, <laughs> definitely, 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 definitely take it to 60. Definitely take it to 60. All right, man. And moving on to entertainment and current events, we have Offset beefing with Jay Prince. Yeah, so um, if you guys been looking on Instagram and Twitter the last 48 hours, Offset and Jay Prince have been going at it uh, because the Grammys... Uh, that came on this past weekend, Quavo did a tribute uh, performance to Takeoff, and apparently Offset denied this happening, but apparently there was a scuffle with Quavo and Offset backstage before the performance began, and there was a video that came out where you hear Cardi in the background backstage telling them that they're both wrong, like, they both need to cut it out, what they're doing, blah, 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 so... Jay Prince comes out and speaks on an interview on Million Dollars Worth of Game, along with a couple of other podcasts he's been like going around doing lately. Which is weird. He been yeah, which is very weird. Talking shit about Offset, 
So he was talking shit about him with the Grammy situation with Quavo. Then he started talking about, you know, how Offset, you know, the family ain't been talking to him and this, that, and the third. And it's like, bro, why are you speaking on this whole situation outside of the obvious elephant in the room of you trying to clear your name? Why are you speaking on their family situations? If you going around trying to clear your name, do that. But don't try to speak on the beef that Quavo and Takeoff and Offset may have had with each other before his passing. And Offset made a video retaliating to that, you know, basically saying, hey, I ain't scared of none of y'all. I don't care who y'all is. Y'all ain't John got it to me. Like, and you speaking on stuff that you shouldn't. His mama ain't saying nothing. My people ain't saying nothing. Quavo people ain't saying nothing. Like, why are y'all the people going out on this tour talking about takeoff? So I, I thought it was interesting. And I, I'm on offset side with this. Jay, Jay Prince being lame as hell. Bro, Jay Prince and his son. Did you see that one interview? I don't know if it was million dollars worth. It was million dollars worth the game when he was explaining the situation that happened because I think he was the one that was questioned of like you were a part of offset, uh, not offset, but uh, takeoff's death in some type yeah, of Jay way. Yeah, Jay Prince Jr. Yeah. Yeah, he ended up saying that he was in the bathroom. He heard gunshots or some bullshit like that. And it just felt like he was lying about some shit. It's like, nigga, man, it's feel like this situation, this is not the situation that happened. So it's like the family going on this tour just feels weird when nobody else is looking for an answer. And you guys are just trying to clear your name and you talking on everybody else a part of this situation. And you're not just sticking to yours, my nigga. Like, that's the situation that Jay Prince is in. And it doesn't make sense. Because I remember when Quavo died and he uh, he ended up buying... Or take off, my fault. I remember when Takeoff died and he ended up buying the, the flowers. But he ended up making like a, a a memorial, basically. And he basically said, uh, R.I.P. Takeoff in small ass letters. And he said, from Jay Prince in big ass letters. So you will oh, know wow. that it wasn't him. Yeah, like it was, he's doing shit like Whoa. that. So I don't know if he's doing this for attention or what, bro. Because he hasn't been in the headlines for a very long time. Like Jay Prince is as somebody who... Basically, is in the background, but he's the behind-the-scenes type of character. But I feel like ever since, like, Takeoff's death, he's trying to get more attention off this shit because he knows his son as obviously is the elephant in the room. But I feel like he wants to be more so in the headlines because of it as well. And it's just weird movement from the whole family. And it's a crazy situation because Jay Prince Jr., he gets clowned a lot on social media. But up until this point with the Takeoff situation, Jay Prince Sr., he was looked at as an OG. He was looked at as somebody like, hey, like, I don't know what kind of power he has outside of Houston, but apparently he's the person you check in with when you come in and out of Houston. Like, you know, the whole mob ties thing, like Drake said, you know, linking with the ops, bitch, I did that shit for Jay Prince. I did it for the mob ties. Like, you know, and Migos, I think they did have ties with Jay Prince before this situation occurred and whatnot. And other rappers who affiliate themselves with the Houston area, so before this situation, we probably wouldn't have known the type of lame shit both J Princes are usually on until this happens. And I, I just think it's weird, bro. Like you, you shouldn't be speaking on stuff that you're not involved with to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the takeoff shit, if you want to speak on it and try to clear your name, okay, do that. Even though it's weird as hell, do that. But don't try to speak for other people and their situations because now you're starting up shit again and it doesn't need to happen. And I'm kind of surprised that Wallow and Gilly did the interview because they were big on the whole situation of social media just boosting this whole situation of showing takeoff's body and, you know, like just the the rumors that have been going around. It's really unlike Wallow and Gilly to get somebody like that on the show 
to talk about something as sensitive as that. When they haven't talked to Quavo, when they haven't talked to Offset, when they haven't talked to, you know, QC or any family members, they haven't brought anybody like that on the show, but you bring Jay Prince on. So I, I just thought that was kind of weird for Wallow and Gilly too. That's unlike them to do something like that. The thing about Wallow and Gilly, I think they're a part of press row now. So if Jay Prince is going through a, a, a interview tour, I think one of the stops has to be Wallow and, and Gilly show a million dollars worth of game. I think since they signed that contract, they're a part of press row. So it might have not been something that they wanted to do, but in their contract, you guys are a part of press row. You have to do this interview. So you have to go through with it. And I don't think Quavo nor uh offset are ready to talk about the situation yeah they ain't ready to talk about they're not ready to talk about the so that's what makes it even weirder because nobody else is talking about it nobody is ready to talk about it because it's such a traumatic uh occurrence that happened like a two three months ago and you guys are the only one talking about it bro when niggas like quavo are making songs about uh take off obviously they going through the obviously offset is trying to bounce back from it obviously so I don't know, bro. It's just a weird thing from Jay Prince, though. And this is the one. This is a lot of people's first introduction to Jay Prince. So mm-hmm. to be, because a lot of people didn't know who he was. Other, we all heard his name in a reference, but seeing his face, this is the first time that a lot of people get to see his face and realize the lame shit that he's on. So this is the your first impression to a lot of people. So you doing this lame shit, and you talk about something that really don't even involve you for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, come and on. And you an old head on top of you that. You old so. head. Fuck out of here. Come on, dog. So yeah, that's some bullshit. Moving on, we got Beyonce receives her 32nd Grammy, which is the most of all time. Yeah, so just a reference back to the Grammys uh, situation, Beyonce received her, um, I think she won uh, Best R&B Electronic Album for uh, Renaissance, which made her the all-time most winning Grammy artist. Um, and I, I thought it was a beautiful thing to see because one, she black, two, she a black woman, and then three, <laughs> This puts her stamp as the greatest entertainer of all time. I whoa, know it's whoa. always it's always been the it's always been the comparison between her and Mike. I can't, how, I can't be how mad does, if you, how did how does this stamp her as the greatest entertainer of all time? She got the most Grammy wins. And she she's our even before the, even before that, her on stage presence, her her performances, bro. Michael Jackson's on stage presence. Beyonce. Let's not let, She's Beyonce. up there, but it's Mike, though, bro. Mike, Mike stood on a stage, but let's not. Let's go no, back to the Super Bowl. But, but see, let's go no, back no, to the no. Super Bowl. Let's go back to the thing. Super Bowl. Mike no, doesn't have to, to do anything. Mike just stands huh? there. I can't. I can't always count that. No, I can't always count no. you just standing. No, there. what you mean? I'm saying. That I'm talking about from the crowd. A nigga just stood there and got that type of a reaction from the crowd. Nobody else on planet Earth can do that. Beyonce can stand there and get that type of reaction and build that type of tension. From the crowd, no. Even Beyonce yeah. couldn't build that type of tension, bro. Nobody could. Mike was on a different level, bro. Even though he Beyonce's was. up there, I don't want to say that it's just a clear one-two. She's not in the conversation because she's up there right behind Mike. But Mike was on a different level, though, bro. She was on a different level. I ain't, so I ain't mad at it, but we gotta give B her flowers, bro. When you talk I, about I artists, when you with... talk about artists, for sure, she's up there. I can't be mad if people say Beyonce the greatest entertainer, bro. They renamed Coachella Beachella just for her. And she gave probably the most legendary Coachella performance of all time. Like, and had the documentary with it. Like, I, I don't know what more you want. And her Super Bowl performance wasn't as revolutionary, but hers was up there too, though, bro. I'm just saying. 
I can't give it to her. I'm telling you, she's up there. I don't want to disagree that she is not up there, but it's Mike, though. It's Mike. And I don't think Mike has the Grammys, for sure, because he doesn't have the albums that Beyonce has either. But I think in terms of songs, I think he's still the greatest artist that we ever seen in terms of songs, in terms of hits. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I, I would still that. put Mike over Beyonce in that category too as the greatest artist. I would still give it to Mike. And as the greatest entertainer, I would still give it to Mike because the shit that we seen him do. Because imagine if I think we get confused with this too. Because imagine if Mike was in 2020, bro. If Michael Jackson was making the songs that he was making in 2020, bro, and was doing the shit that he was doing in 2020, it would be a way bigger reaction than what it was in 1990 or in the oh, 1980s, hell, no. bro. No, it it would have been a way oh, different no. thing, bro. I'm telling you with it would With this generation? Oh, It no. would have been a way no. different thing, nah. bro. It would have been a way different thing, bro. No, it wouldn't. He would have been, oh, he would have been above B still, but it would have been a bigger gap if Mike was in the 2020s. Or in the if 2020s. Mike... So you're telling me if Mike would have came out around this time and he would have been around... No, if Mike group? came out in the 2000s. If Mike came out with Beyonce... And Mike started out when Beyonce started out. So in the early 2000s or whenever, uh, whatever catered to you. What's that group called? I'm blanking it. De- Destiny Child, yeah. Destiny, whenever Destiny Child started. If Mike started right then, and you seeing their two careers go side by side, Mike would have a bigger gap than he does right now. I promise you he would. Mm, I, I promise you he would, bro. The music they scene bo- was so different by the time Destiny's Child came out, bro. The music, the world of music with the with the black culture. Mike was, was still so giving different. you hits in the two thousands. Oh, he 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 was, but nah. I, t- I get if what they would have came out at the same point. time, I'm telling you, bro. Nah, if they would have came I, out at the same time. I'm saying it's more no, people in because, the world now. Not because I don't think Mike music would have made an impact. I just think the music he had. If you try to say if he would have came out with that style of music in the 2000s, it wouldn't have took over the way that it took over during the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, because the the music scene was just so different at that time. Hip hop and, you know, like R&B, that's what drove the culture at that time when mike was dropping his music that was the type of music that was running the culture so yes mike would have snapped he would have he would have made um he would have won awards he would have had hit records and all that but to sit here and say he would just have a huge ledge over b no i can't say that because music was different by the time 2000 came so he would have bro I think it would have been a bigger gap, but still, this is about Beyonce. I, shout out to Beyonce. Shout out to Beyonce. I I, I got to give her her flowers, bro, for sure. the the second The second and third most Grammy winners of all time are George Solti at second and Quincy Jones at third. Quincy Jones is still up there. I, I think it's gonna be hard for anybody to pass Quincy. I ain't think Beyonce mm-hmm. would do it, and here she is. But um, yeah. but Quincy yeah, Jones I, was tied more so to Michael Jackson, huh? Yeah, but I mean, okay. he still get the awards. He still get the awards uh-huh. for sure. Okay, but because you got to think of all the music he's done outside of Michael too. So it was Ray Charles. No, was he Ray Charles too? Uh, oh no, damn, Ray Charles was not. No, nah, I about to say no. Nah, I don't think. No, nah, no, nah, Ray Charles made his own music. So now, nah, yeah, yeah. All right, but yeah, definitely shout out to Beyonce because that album was crazy. I just listened to that album for the first time recently too. And that I'm album trying to buy tickets. Moved. I got to oh, Beyonce, bro. I'm trying to buy tickets. How she much for the nosebleeds? August. About six, six hundred something. You heard that? I seen it was an article that came out that the UK's tickets are cheaper than the US's. The UK is only charging like two hundred for her nosebleeds tickets, and 
the U.S. is starting like yeah, 600. So a lot of people are going like out the country to go see her rather than seeing her in the U.S. because it's just cheaper overall to see her out of the country. I don't see how. Like, you spending... If the tickets here are 600 dollars, you're spending that much on flights off rip, not including the amount of money you got to spend on the ticket. And you got to pay for where you're going to stay at. You're spending three times more money going <laughs> overseas. The, you're getting the cheaper concert ticket, uh-huh. but you might as well have stayed here and just paid 600 because you're going to pay three times that going overseas mm. and shit. So, That's a good point. Still, $600 is crazy. I might do the same. It is, but I've never seen Beyonce, bro. I told Denisha, I got to see Beyonce and I got to see Chris Brown before he came back flip no more. I got to see him. Chris Brown was just here with Lil Baby, I think, not too long ago, wasn't he? But that's what I'm saying. Like, I ain't get (laughs) to see him. And it's like, them the only two people that I just feel like I need to see. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I've seen everybody I've really wanted to see. I've, I've only seen Drake once. I would love to see him again. I'm only I've seen him once though. I've seen Wayne at least three times. I've seen Kodak a bunch of times. I've seen T.I. I've seen Young Thug. I've seen Migos multiple times. I've seen Rich Homie Quan. I've I've seen so many people, but it's like Beyonce and goddamn Chris Brown. I gotta see them too, bro. I got to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, bro. Might as well. All right. And moving on to the next, we have people are trying to boycott Disney over the slave comment on the Proud family. So if you do mm. not know, uh, it was a, a episode that came out basically speaking on black history. And uh, it was a comment that was made during the show, The Proud Family, stating that slaves helped build this country. But a lot of people are trying to boycott Disney saying that that is anti-white. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First it was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this. Slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system. So basically, that was the presentation of <laughs> what was going on. And in that the shit was show. fire. That, that shit, shit was, was dope. That shit was dope. And honestly, we have this conversation all the time with critical race theory being taken out of schools. This is honestly what we need, because how else are these little black kids going to be educated on what happened during the slavery times, how we had to free our slaves, how we built this country? If shows like this or shows in general don't show it. Like Blackish has something like uh, in terms of the, I think Juneteenth, they had something for Juneteenth, but they were educating people on what Juneteenth was, how the, yep. uh, the blacks had to free themselves and stuff like that. 
we need shows to educate these little black kids because the schools are not going to do it anymore with critical race theory now being taken out. Even when me and Edgar were coming up, black history was still whitewashed like shit. They barely talked about black historical figures in our textbooks, but we at least had the two key ones in the Martin Luther Kings and we had the uh, Malcolm X. But now we have nothing anymore. <laughs> we have yeah. nothing with now with everything being transitioned out. So I think that is dope to let people know about what's going on and who we had come before us with the Frederick Douglasses, the Harriet Tubmans and stuff like that. That's dope. And we also, me and Quincy, we were lucky because us and a lot of our childhood friends, like the private school that we went to, it was black, you know? So although we did have to learn from the textbooks, we had plenty of assignments and book reports and whatnot. I know it's crazy as hell. Excuse me. I know it's crazy as hell. We were doing book reports in elementary school. But um, I remember doing book reports on important black figures that weren't really talked about or talked about in depth in the textbooks. So we got blessed with a situation where we had a little bit extra that we had to do. But I'm glad we did it because we learned about four to five more people that we probably wouldn't have learned about if we went to, you know, any standard public elementary or middle school. So mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm grateful for that experience. But like Quincy said, they're trying to whitewash it to where you don't even learn about those two or three in the textbook right now. Like if they want to take and we said this before, if they want to take out Martin Luther King, they don't want nobody in there. Like <laughs> he, was, he was trying King, to show equality. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was trying to show equality. He's not even as radical as other um black historians that we can go down the line with. So if you're trying to get rid of the most like equally loving black person from history like damn you just really don't want it in the textbook at all because i told quincy before i understand why they would want to do it because if you talk about martin luther king kids are going to question what he's fighting against if they question what he's fighting against now that literally opens the door to where you have to talk about other people but the school doesn't want you to talk about those other people so in order to eliminate that they want to get rid of it as a whole which is stupid as hell on our part. Hopefully when we have to start sending our kids to school, it's not that type of situation. Yeah, but man, definitely shout out to the 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 Proud family for taking that step because I know it was a lot of people questioning like, oh, I don't know if I should put that out. But the fact they put that out and it was so uh, polarizing, I think that's a good thing. So I, I want them to continue to do that. And the, and the Proud family, the even the OG Proud family show, they touched on issues like that. You know, that's so Raven. What you remember the um discrimination episode in That's So Raven mm -hmm. where she wanted to work at that store, but that yeah. white lady went and let her. Like, I'm I'm so glad people like Raven Simone and Kyla Pratt and people in them production rooms and whatnot for these shows, whether animated or real. I'm glad they weren't afraid to push the envelope and like really talk about stuff like that. I remember the the Kwanzaa episode. That's one of my favorite episodes from the Proud Family, the OG Proud Family show. When after Christmas was over, this poor black family came in, like basically like a miracle showing the proud, the actual proud family, you know, what holiday season was all about through the celebration of Kwanzaa for black people. So I, I, I love the proud family and how they they don't care. They don't care if they with Disney. They don't care if they with whoever they finna talk about what they want to talk about. So, yeah. So I thought this was very interesting. Um. It'll be, we're coming up on five years, I think, since XXX Tentacion has, um, was murdered in Florida. Uh, and the trial is underway now. They've been um, having the killers or the accused killers, I should say, on the stand 
you know, questioning them. And there was somebody who, uh, there was one young black dude who was testifying and saying that the hit that was put out on X was up to $50,000. So a lot of people were surprised that one, this one dude was just singing like a canary at this point, just saying everything. And then two, the fact that there was a hit of $50,000 and the man X literally lost his life, you know, for just for somebody's salary, basically. Mm -hmm. And and it's wild. And another big part of this whole situation, two names have been brought up. Drake's name has been attached to this murder at least since 2018. And the fact that Migos' name has just been thrown out there now, too, of possible people connected to this crime. But how are they connecting those dots with that? But but that's what I'm saying. I don't understand the Migos' point. The public defender or whatever, it, he the he the type of dude that Drewski be making videos about. Because it was like, bro, you're, you're just saying Instagram conspiracy at this point. <laughs> but um, there have been lyrics that people have been able to point out with Drake. And the fact that Tentacion said on an Instagram story, um, shortly before he died was if anything happens to me or if I die, just know that Drake did it. And he added Drake in the story that he posted. So the fact that he did that and then he literally died not too long after and the fact that there are lyrics by Drake that point at him of even if you weren't the one to pull the trigger, you had something to do with this man's death. I think it's interesting bro. It's real interesting because remember in the song I'm Upset when he was like SMX triple X, um, he said something like, "Why you, why you never shoot below the neck?" Ah, damn! I'm trying to remember how the verse went. Mm-hmm. Damn, it was that verse, and it was it was another verse um that he just did it on on bullshit. Uh, if he held his tongue on that live, he'd be alive again. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's been certain. It's been certain Drake lyrics that people have been trying to like pull up in court and whatnot of how wow. he could be connected. I don't know where the Migos shit came from though. When that man said Migos, I was like, "What? Like, what the hell did this come?" From? <laughs> like, so Drake is the only person that. What was the beef like, between Damn. those two that that caused that? Uh, I'm trying to think of like a real reason because people on the internet, people on Twitter, just keep saying Drake knew X was gonna be bigger than him, so that's why he had him killed, and it's like. I mean, every I don't know. That's something that anybody could just say. Like he mm-hmm. was gonna be bigger than you. Like because it's like people who he really has beef with that he could have did this to. Like why? Why has it? They're still, they're still alive. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're still alive. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. So well, but then again, like maybe that would have been Pusha T has a bigger name than XXX. So it's like. Obviously, you can't do something to somebody that cal- big of a caliber. <laughs> but I'm just, I, that's I crazy. It was interesting. Yeah, because I'm honestly mind blown because I just be thinking Drake is this nigga that is just like, yeah, he be rapping about this tough guy shit, but he really out in the cut, out in damn Malibu, just kicking it. But if this nigga setting up hits like Thug, Young Thug, and shit, that nigga is way harder than what I thought. I'm and, more so thinking on that type of time. Yeah. That's the thing. Could I, I I said this to Denisha when I was talking to her about it. And it's like, I'm not giving him a pass at all. Like, if, if he's responsible for the, the murder of X, it's like, damn, like, we, we can't look at Drake the same no more after that. But um, I just thought it was interesting because it's like so many people have said what you just said of he's faced criticism his whole career of not being a real nigga or you're light skinned. So you're zesty. You're this and blah, blah, blah. Whole time. 
he's the guy that y'all think Gunner is. He's the guy that y'all think such and such. And all these people who are coming out as snitches as or informants or whatever, or the real soft people, he's the person that y'all think these people are. So it's like, why do y'all think it's like everybody's saying free young thug? But like everybody wants Drake locked up, and it's like y'all can't want one thing for one person and not the other. Like so mm-hmm. that that's why I just think it's interesting. Like I said, I I ain't saying free young thug. If he out here really pulling hits on people and murdering people and all that, I I can't sit here and say free somebody. So if Drake really go down for this, will that be the most disappointing ending for a superstar in history? Because he's on that level, bro. He's on that level of top tier people to where it's like, damn, you locked up. Like that would be crazy. Nah, he is. He especially when he the goat. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I can't see Drake going to jail for this, bro. I can't either. He's Jewish. He not going to jail. Oh, he <laughs> is. Yeah, I'm about to, I, I still couldn't see Drake. I can't see Drake because Drake is somebody that I feel like he has other niggas do his shit. I feel like Young Thug was too close to the street still in his yeah. later career. I feel like Drake is so apart and so secluded, but he'll still probably set some shit up. Like he, I, I, I it's not far fetched for him to do some shit like this. But he doesn't stay around it as much as Thug. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's the difference between those two and how one ended up getting caught up and how Drake, I feel like, could have potentially gotten away with this shit if he did do it. So, and, yeah. and it's crazy because not only is he Jewish, like you just said, he stays so far out the way and he has the connections that he has. Like the man literally said, I'm meeting, I'm, I'm having brunch with the judge we're appearing before. Like when you talk shit like that, like you're you're not going to jail, bro. I'm I'm sorry, like it's not happening. I'm not yeah. saying he's right if if he did do this, cause I'm not gonna be one of the people that just full blown believe it. I'm not too big into conspiracies for the most part. Um, but the fact that other than rap lyrics, we don't really have any evidence, and the the people who are um on trial right now, like the the suspects who are on trial, not the suspects, but the um the killers who are on trial. None of them have said his name at all. It's the um the attorneys and the public defenders that are saying his name because they're trying to get their people off. So mm-hmm. if the people who did it ain't even saying it's him, like other than rap lyrics, what do y'all have? Like that yeah. that's the question. So nothing. But you see how that's but the thing with Young Thug, they had they had that nigga tapped, they had that nigga wire yeah, tapped, they had, they nigga, had, they had this tapped, it's text messages evidence. behind. So it wasn't just like a he say she say type of thing. It was like Hardcore evidence, like nah, nigga, you are a part of this shit in some. And they had him for years since 2014. They had it for years. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, there, there's no way he's getting out. It's not happening. Nah, yeah, yeah. Thug is an effing life, probably. And then you see he got that perky on that that one video. Somebody handed him a perk. They're trying to frame my dog. I don't get no perk. (laughs) Hey, thug, you ain't get no perk, bro. I I believe, bro. You ain't ain't down that bad, thug. Don't ever talk about you like that. Damn. They say Celtic star Jalen Brown is out indefinitely. They say he could be sidelined through all-star break with a facial fracture. This must have just happened today. That nigga was playing earlier today. That's crazy. But uh, moving on to movie and show news, we have Toy Story 5 is in the works. And me and Edgar were talking about this shit before the pod. Like, we don't know where they're going with this, bro, because Toy Story 4 felt so final. 
like Buzz and Woody went their separate ways. They got the two different owners. I mean, uh, Woody's with Bo Peep now. It's like, what are we doing with a Toy Story 5? What's the storyline? It's a money grab, bro. It's a money grab. That's all it is. And I told Quincy before we started that I can already picture what the movie is going to be about. It's going to the movie is going to be a side mission, basically. <laughs> so I'm I'm picturing Woody and Bo Peep. We're going to get a bunch of new characters in this Toy Story 5. I don't think it's just going to be the people on the toys we're used to seeing. I think we're going to get Woody and Bo Peep going on some adventure as lost toys. And we're going to see, you know, them have some big obstacle that they have to overcome. But the only way to overcome it is to reach out somehow, some way to Buzz and the rest of the crew. And then everybody will link up in a reunion type feel. They'll accomplish whatever they're accomplishing. And then once again, they'll go. You can't split up. You can't split up. You can't split up again. You have to stay. Everybody just stays together. Somebody got to die. I told Quincy, we got to get dark with this. Somebody has to die. I'm sorry, y'all. I love Toy Story. The four, one through four were very, very good. It was an amazing franchise. But if we do a five, somebody got to die, bro. I don't care. And now, I feel it like is this dark, but I don't care. Yeah. And this franchise honestly grows with this honest audience. We've seen this since we were young, early 2000s. And it's honestly grown with us. Like that Toy Story 4 felt really fucking mature for our kids' movie. So I feel like if we got to get, get a Toy Story 5, that shit might be. PG thirteen a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. So I could, I could potentially see, I could potentially see something Dude, going haywire. Whether, whether that a, be death. You talk about Toy Story with a sausage party vibe. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It got to be something different, bro. But I think the ending would be different. It's not them splitting up into different ways or going their separate ways. I think they stay together now, and that's the end. It's like okay, everybody's together, nobody splits up. But Toy Story four felt so good and so fun. Like even though they were going their separate ways, it felt like everybody was where they're supposed to be at. So it right. doesn't make sense to have you bring them back anyway. Like, we shouldn't even be contacting each other anymore. Like, we are cool. So it's like, I don't know. It's weird, bro. But moving on, we got past the Ox, man. What you got for song of the week? Uh, so I got two songs. The first song is, uh, what's my first song? Oh, Father Time by Kendrick Lamar featuring Sanfa. And uh, my second song is The Black Seminole by Lil Yachty. Ah, listen to that Yachty album. That shit was pretty different, pretty interesting how he's uh, switched up over the years. Uh, I got Warm Embrace by Chris Brown. And man, I've been playing a lot. Of, I've been, this Sauce Walker album so fire, bro. I got uh, Good Coochie by uh, Sauce Walker. Good Coochie. All right, and moving on to movie and show reviews. What we got coming up next? What's the name comes out in a couple of weeks? Oh, yeah, I'm about to in say, um... Ant-Man comes out next week. So that's the biggest one we got for y'all. Uh, damn, Snowfall come out right after that, too. Yeah. Damn. And Knock at the Ooh. Cabin. I don't know if you want to review that. Knock at the Cabin also came out this past week, that M. Night Shyamalan movie where uh, they knock at his Batista? cabin. That's with Batista. That's also with Batista. Uh, yeah. So, so if you yeah, want to review that, we can, too. We got a full slate for y'all, man. Snowfall, Ant-Man, Kaleidoscope. Yeah, we got the whole slate for y'all. We, we yes, got sir. a we got a good we got a good spring and summer. Oh, and we got some Marvel shows coming too in this um upcoming spring. Don't we got Secret Invasion coming? I think that's later in the year. That's like November, I think. What? We yeah. got a Marvel show coming this spring, bro. I can't remember which one. We got a Marvel. We got show a we got a movie coming in the spring. I think what's the name is in May. No, Guardians Hold of the on. Galaxy is in May. Let me check why we got y'all on here. Hold on, Marvel. Guardians of the Galaxy is May. 
I don't know if we currently have a show in right now. I don't know if we have a show. Upcoming Marvel movies. Let's see. The Marvels comes out in the summer. Um Ah, yeah, you're right. Damn. Yeah. I think Secret yeah. Invasion, they say it's uh, toward the end of the year. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, May 5th, 2023. The Marvels, July 28th, 2023. Damn. So, we don't have any shows? That's what I'm saying. Until the end. I think they're going to surprise us at the end with the what's the name with the Secret Invasion. Damn. That means Kang finna hold us over all the way until the end. <laughs> no, this no bullshit, must, though. Jonathan Majors must been... He finna add his ass off. That's the only because reason I'm they hearing, ain't got those shows coming. <laughs> I'm hearing that Kang is gonna have a lot of implication on Guardians of the Galaxy and how they could potentially get mm-hmm. fucked over in some way. So that could honestly bleed into the next movie as well. So definitely got a good good uh, barrage of movies coming up. But hey, that is it for this podcast. We appreciate everybody for listening. And we out. Peace.